so today we're continuing our series Pray Like Blank. We're just spending a few weeks looking at different characters from within scripture and, and learning from how they prayed and the situations they found themselves in when they were praying. And I hope that as we go on uh, this series, these few weeks, that it will help to uh, challenge us to maybe shake up and, and, and change the way in which we pray in our personal prayer lives. You know, I believe that prayer is powerful. I believe that when we call out in the name of Jesus that we can see incredible things happen because I believe in a God who hears our prayers. I believe that when we speak with him, he listens and he answers. You know, so often we try to work things out in our own strength. We try to solve problems uh, in our own strength and try to do things ourselves without including God. We try to make decisions about our future without inviting God into uh, whatever it is that we're thinking about and and so often we only turn to prayer when we've exhausted all other options but but prayer needs to be our first response and not our last resort it needs to be our first response and not our last resort we need to be involving God and including God in our lives in our decisions in our pain and in our joy so this morning we're going to fill in that blank and we're going to pray like Hannah. Um, So why don't you turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and bear with me. I'm going to read 20 uh, verses this morning, but I think it's going to challenge us. It's going to inspire us and it's going to improve the way in which we pray. I hope it will build faith in us this morning. There was a certain man of Ramathane Zophim of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth and Ephrathite. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah and the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion, because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her, because the Lord had closed her womb. And so it went on year by year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And as she vowed a vow, she said to She said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give to him, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman, and Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my lord, I am not. No, my lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. 
I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favour in your eyes. Then the woman went away and ate. Her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel. For she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. You know, I'm so thankful for for technology. I'm thankful for this device that I have in my pocket that enables me to answer any question that comes to mind and I can watch a movie or I can read my Bible or I can check the weather or I can go shopping all from this incredible thing that I can hold within my hand. The the age of technology that we live in, it really is incredible, but it's easy to forget the main thing that these devices were created for. It's easy to forget that that first and foremost, these devices that we carry in our pockets, their phones, their main purpose is to call people, to speak to people, to catch up with someone that you're not with. Now that's a fantastic thing to have uh, access to, but it's only as good as the other person, the person you're trying to reach, realising that that's what it's for too. And, and you know, as much as I need my phone and I use it far too often each and every day. As much as I need my phone, I also need my wife. You know, she helps keep me organised. She helps uh, answer some of those questions that I've got. She helps to uh, encourage me. She helps me out when I'm struggling. She's someone that I rely on, someone that I need to, to get through life, if I'm totally honest. But she's absolutely useless at answering her phone. I'm sure some of you will be well aware of that. You know, if I need to get in touch with Ruth, it's far easier for me to figure out who she's with and call them than to even bother trying to call her because I know full well she won't answer her phone. Like it or not, when I call my wife, I don't know if she'll answer. In fact, I can be pretty sure she won't. But thankfully, that's not like prayer. Thankfully, uh, God promises to hear us and God promises to answer when we speak to him. You know, as soon as you pick up the phone, as soon as you hit dial, he's there. He's ready to listen. He's willing to respond. As soon as you start to speak with him, as soon as you start to to pray to him, he's there, ready to listen, ready to hear what his child has to say to him. You know, we mentioned before Uh, that we might think that prayer is simply talking to God but in reality it's it's so much more it it's an invitation from us to God to enter into our lives for him to take over our situation for him to take the lead in the decisions that we make about our future it essentially it's an act of surrender where we say your will is better than my will and you're far greater than anything else in my life so I want you to have control. I want to involve you in my life. You know, I wonder, do you see prayer like I see trying to call Ruth? Or or do you see prayer in the way that it's supposed to be? Do you think that, well, I I might say up a prayer, but 
but it, it feels like no one's on the other end of the phone. It, it feels like it's just going straight to voicemail. There's, there's really no point in me praying because God doesn't answer. You know, maybe that's how you feel this morning about prayer. But I want to look at this example of Hannah this morning and see what we can learn from her. <clears throat> she found herself in a situation that was way beyond her control. She was barren. She couldn't have kids. And there was absolutely nothing that she could do in her strength to fix this problem. But as we read, God was faithful to her. He gave her a son named Samuel. And I believe in in the same way that God was faithful to Hannah, God will be faithful to us when we pray like she did. So let's take a look at, at this story. So there's this guy called Elkanah and he has two wives, as if one wife isn't enough. So he's got the first wife, Penina, or or Penny, uh, I think we should call her, and she has loads of kids. And then his second wife is called Hannah and she, she can't have kids. And so... Every year they would take this journey to go and, and worship God and make this, uh, this annual sacrifice, this annual uh, atonement. It's, you know, back in, in Old Testament days, they would take a, an animal as a sacrifice and they would slaughter it in the temple. And then the priest would, would fling the blood's animal on the, uh, on the altar, essentially to appease God, to, to cover up or to uh, apologize for the sins of the people. Thank Jesus that we don't have to do that today because of his sacrifice. We don't need to go through all of that. But Elkina and his family, they went to worship God and they went to make this annual sacrifice. And during that time, he would give out portions and to Penina and to her children, he would give out portions. And then and then when it came to to giving to Hannah, he gave her a double portion. He gave her a double portion. Now, now, culturally, for for a woman to not have children, it wasn't just, oh, well, that's a really sad thing. It, it, essentially, the role of a woman was to have kids, to create a legacy, to, to create this kind of heritage of family, to, to have children, to then pass on the, the bloodline. So for her to not be able to have children, was it was a massive deal in those days. She was essentially seen as as less of a woman. She wasn't uh, regarded as, as highly as those who had children or could have children. And so for Elkina to, to bless her with a double portion, it says because, because he loved her, he gave her a double portion. And I think that this example of him favouring her in spite of this affliction that she had, it, it reflects to me at least the way in which God loves us because he pours out his blessings on us in spite of our failures, even though we make mistakes, even though we mess up, even though we do things that mean that we don't deserve God's love, he gives it to us anyway. He gives us a double portion in that sense because he loves us. And I love, I love how names are used in scripture. And the name Hannah, it literally means grace and favour. You see, Elkina looked on Hannah with favour. In spite of her situation, he blessed her with this double portion. So each year she would receive this this favour from her husband, but all the while her her 
his other wife, Penny Penina, would be rubbing in her face the fact that, look at all these children I've got and you can't have children. She was ridiculing Hannah and, and just shaming her for uh, this affliction that she had. And, you know, I think it's one thing to recognise in yourself that there's something that you're lacking, that there's an element of failure, but to have someone else rubbing it in your face, well, I mean, that's just something else, isn't it? It just makes that pain even harder to, to deal with and to cope with which is why I think it's important that we need to be surrounded. We talked about it a few weeks ago, didn't we? That we need to live surrounded lives, surrounded by voices that will build us up, surrounded by people who will hold up our arms when we're feeling weak and weary. We need to shut down the voice of Penina, the voice of our enemy, and we need to turn up the voices of, of hope and of life and of joy. It's so important that we recognise uh, the lies that try to keep into our life and we turn those down and we dial up the, the voice of truth. I wonder what, what are you facing today? What, it, what is it that you're looking at and there's absolutely nothing that you can do in your own strength? Whatever pain it is, whatever circumstance you're facing, I want to encourage you this morning, take it straight to God. Don't try to resolve it yourself. Just take it straight to God. You know, if you feel like, like we said earlier, like your prayers are just going to voicemail, like there's no point in praying because God's not there. God doesn't listen. God doesn't answer. Maybe you're thinking, well, he won't answer me because I don't deserve it. Well, none of us deserve God's presence in our lives, but he gives it freely anyway. He favours us in spite of our failures. So I encourage you, take this example from Hannah this morning. Whatever it is, however impossible it may seem, however all-consuming it may be in your life, take it to God in prayer. So my first point this morning is that Hannah prayed from her heart. Hannah prayed from her heart. You see, her situation, this this barrenness, it was all-consuming. And she then spiralled into this this grief, this misery, depression, uh, bitterness even about her situation. But it says she prayed from her heart. In verse 13, it says, Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice wasn't heard. You know, she wasn't just paying lip service in in this prayer. She was praying from her heart, from this deep pain, from this anguish that she was feeling inside. I mean, I, I don't know how she would have felt. I can't really imagine fully what she went through, but I think you could probably compare it something uh, to something like grief. Essentially, she was processing this pain and, and mourning the loss of the child that she would never have. And, and I think that that kind of hurt, it, it's this deep emotion. It's something that, that speaks right to the core of your soul. And so she took all that pain and that anguish and that sorrow and she took it straight to God. You know, we need to recognise what, what's causing pain in our lives. We need to uh, acknowledge the things that we're struggling with and, and we need to take our problems to the only one who can change, who can heal, who can help. If you've got pain today, if you've got worry, if you've got anxiety or or depression, I encourage you, take it to Jesus. Take it 
to Jesus. Don't try and deal with it on your own. Don't try and suffer in silence. Don't try and resolve it through your own strengths because honestly there's just no point. We need to be taking it to the one who can turn things around, to the one who can make the impossible possible, to the one who can make a way where there is no way. We need to pray honest prayers. We need to get angry in our prayers. It's okay, don't feel like you have to suppress your emotions. Get real, get authentic, cry out, scream out, shout out. Whatever it is that's inside you, let it out, but let it out to God. Let that emotion flow out to your heavenly Father because he wants to hear prayers from your heart. He wants to know what's going on inside of you. It says that Hannah Hannah's lips moved, but no sound came out. You know, it's not about the quantity of your words, but it's about the quality of your heart. That's what's important. So Hannah prayed from her heart. But secondly, I want to say that she, she prayed with the Spirit. She prayed from her heart, but she also prayed with the Spirit in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Well, how do we know that? Well, we know that because these prayers, this time of prayer that she was having, well, it must have looked like like something. It, it must have caused a bit of a scene because Eli was looking on and it, and it says that he said to her, woman, you're drunk. You're drunk. You just need to get yourself to bed. But she puts him straight. She says, no, I'm not drunk on spirits. I'm troubled in my spirit. I'm hurt. I'm in pain. What you're seeing here is me crying out to God. So does this scene remind you of anything? She's there and she's praying and then Eli looks on and whatever it is that he sees, he says, it looks like she's drunk. Well, I think you compare this to that scene in Acts where the disciples are gathered at Passover and and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit arrives, it arrives like a rushing wind, like fire, and they begin to pray in tongues. And all the people around them are, are confused about what's going on. And someone shouts out, ignore them, they're drunk. I think there's an absolute comparison here because, you know, People saw what was going on. People saw the way in which uh, the disciples in that moment were praying and were receiving from the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what was going on with Hannah when she was praying this prayer direct from her heart to God's. There was this transaction happening and the Holy Spirit got involved and something happened within her that might have looked confusing on the outside. But the reality and the point is that it was making a difference. It was making a difference. She wasn't praying for those around her. She, she didn't care about what Eli or, or anyone else for that matter thought about the way in which she was praying. This was about her and God. This was about one-on-one time. This is me speaking directly from my heart to God's heart because I'm feeling such pain. I'm feeling such anguish that I just want to release it. I want to plead with God. I want to cry out and scream out to God because of what's going on inside me. I think there's a power that changes the dynamic of our prayers when it comes from a place of of desperation, of grief, of, of utter hopelessness. 
I think there's a power that changes things when we pray from that place. Do you know, as a church family, we've been praying for this little girl who's in such a bad way you know she's been on life support she's uh, been deteriorating rapidly and the doctors were seriously concerned for her life and and the reality is that they've never known a baby have such complications from this disease this illness that she's suffering with and she's been on this journey and so we've joined with her mother and and many others across the country praying for this little girl praying these prayers of desperation praying these prayers out of a place where there's nothing that we can do. In some respects, there's not a lot that the doctors can do. So we need you, God, to intervene. We need you to step into this situation, recognize and realize the pain and the suffering and the anguish that 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 mother must be going through and that we're trying to uh, relate to and empathize with as we pray uh, for her and with her. So as we pray these prayers of, of anguish, we need, to, we need to come from a place of, of knowing that God is the only one who can make a difference. And then what we saw on this journey was that her blood count started to go up all on its own. And the doctors were just like, we have no idea what's going on. This shouldn't be happening. And she was in uh, stage five kidney failure and, and And then it changed and it moved up to stage three and the doctors were like, this is nothing short of a miracle. They couldn't explain it using science, but they're not supposed to use the word miracle. But we know that that's what they're saying when they're confused and when they can't make sense of these results. And what I believe is that there is power in prayer. And this shift in the dynamic when we pray these prayers of anguish and pain and hurt and recognising that we cannot do anything in our own strength. We need God to intervene. There's something that happens, this, this transaction when we include the Spirit in our prayers and things begin to happen. Miracles begin to happen. The impossible becomes possible and where there was no way, there is now a way because of God. And Hannah trusted that God would hear her prayer. Hannah trusted that that God would be able to work a miracle in her life to give her this child that she was so desperate for. She knew that he was the only one who who could hear her prayer and who could turn her pain into joy. She couldn't do this on our own. And I believe that it wasn't just a nice, neat little prayer. This was a prayer, it was a holy moment. It was a heartfelt cry. It was these deep emotions of grief and anguish that poured from her soul to God. She was humbled, she was broken, and she knew that the only way to find relief was to take her situation to God, to her heavenly Father, to the one who would hear her prayer and who would respond. You know, ultimately, this situation was was way out of her control. There was absolutely nothing that she could do. So she just surrendered it to God. She said, I I can't do this, but will you show favour on me? Will you you not leave me here suffering? Will you uh, not leave me here in this pain and this grief any longer? But will you intervene? Will you step in? Will you move in my situation? And will you make a miracle? She surrendered her request to God. She said, if you give me a son, then I'll give him straight back to you. 
I think that's amazing. And, and what happened was God heard her prayer and he gave her a son, a son who she named Samuel. And, and Samuel then went on to become this incredible prophet who was likened to Elijah and Elisha. And he appointed David as the king of Israel, the greatest, one of the greatest kings to ever go on and live. And, and it was out of David's bloodline that came our saviour, Jesus. But David wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for Samuel, and Samuel wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for Hannah praying these prayers. Praying prayers from her heart. Praying prayers with the Spirit. She prayed without uh, uh, giving up. She prayed this faith-filled prayer straight from her heart to God's. She recognised that there was nothing she could do that she needed God to step in, that she needed him to show up. So I ask you again, what, what are you facing this morning? What is it in your life that you're seeking God for? What is it that you're, that's going on in your life that, well, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing friends, family, doctors, whatever can do about this thing. I encourage you, whatever it is, take it to God. Pray a prayer from your heart. Don't just pay lip service. Don't just say a prayer because that's the right thing to do. Pray a prayer that says, I need you, God. Be transparent in that sense where you just cry or scream or shout. Whatever emotions are inside of you, don't hold them in, let them out. Because although God already knows what you're going through, he loves to hear it from you. So let that prayer, let that request go from your heart straight to God's heart and pray with the Spirit. Pray recognising that the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. It says in Romans 8.26 that likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Are you feeling weak this morning? Involve the Holy Spirit. Likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we don't know what to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. When we pray from our heart, when we partner with the Holy Spirit, we'll see an incredible move of God. So I encourage you, whatever it is that you're facing today, pray like Hannah. Why don't we pray? Father God, we thank you that <clears throat> you promise us that you will always answer. That as soon as we speak to you as soon as we open up our hearts to you that you are right there ready to hear us ready to listen to us ready to respond to us and so i pray that as we are authentic and open and honest in our prayer life as we as we open up our hearts and share our hearts with yours that that you will not only hear but you will intervene that you will step into our circumstance that you will step into our pain that you will step into our loss or grief or whatever it is that we're facing this morning and I pray that as we partner with the Holy Spirit in prayer that something incredible will happen something that's confusing to people looking on that they may go what the heck is happening right now because when God begins to move the supernatural begins to happen and so we pray and we believe that when we share our hearts with your hearts and when we partner with the Holy Spirit that you will move and you will move mightily. So we believe this morning for miracles. 
I pray that we will no longer be shocked when you show up, but we'll be like, of course God shows up. Of course he answers. Of course he moves. And then out of that, uh, we'll build faith within us even more so that we can expect more of you. Because you said that we will do even more than we have seen Jesus do. And he rose from the dead. So we pray for more of you in our lives. We pray for mighty moves of the Spirit. So whatever it is that people are are believing for this morning, I pray God that you will hear and you will respond and you will move mightily. And we thank you that there is power in the name of Jesus, that there is power in prayer. And so we leave these requests at your feet and we say your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.